celebrating our 100th year of serving the North Sound. KRKO Everett. And here we go again. It is a Monday night, and it's time for Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports, and More. Thanks for being with us on this Monday night. Steve Willett, it's already dark, and it, we're starting the show. It is, and I made it in time. I, uh, <laughs> I had a little issue there. I had to, I recorded one of our interviews on the way here, and uh, apparently there was a little police activity and an accident of some sort. Hope everybody's okay, but it caused me to do a U-turn and having to go the long way, and we just made it in the nick of time. So mm-hmm. we're ready, ready for a radio show. I'm ready to kind of... Finally, let the heartbeat slow down a little bit and get on the radio. <laughs> we'll find out who's on the show in just a moment. We'll tell you that today's show is brought to you by GSR Rental in Monroe, the Ace Hardware Store in Lake Stevens, Glass by Lund, Snohomish County PUD, Everett Engineering, and by Marysville Toyota. Who do we have on the show tonight? Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk a little girls volleyball. Uh, Kyle Hoagland is going to join us. Coach Hoagland, the coach for the Lake Stevens girls volleyball team. And we should mention... Uh, he just got back, or they just got back, from a pretty cool trip over the weekend, and it sounds like things went pretty well for them. So we'll talk to him. That's a Lake Stevens team, by the way, that's been pretty dominant in Wesco yeah. over the last few years. I think they've made the state tournament like six years in a row, or so. not counting the uh, the off year, obviously, with right. COVID, but uh, two seventh-place finishes at state and a second place in the last three tournaments. So we'll talk to Coach Hoagland. A big matchup for them tomorrow night against Glacier Peak at Lake Stevens High School, battle of two teams that are undefeated in Wesco play. So we'll talk a little volleyball coming up here. In the second segment, we'll review the football games over the weekend from Friday and Saturday from locally here. We'll then talk to the number one ranked Glacier Peak Grizzlies football team. That's in segment number three tonight. Ranked number one in the state in the 4A classification. That according to both Cascadia Preps and the Associated Press. We're going to talk to head coach Shane Keck along with players River Lean, Trey Lechner, Adam Troxel, and a mystery guest that came on and joined us at the very end. You'll have to stay a tuned for that. Guest. Wow. I don't want to build it up too much. He's All not right. famous yet, but he might be one day, and he can say that he made his first ever radio appearance with us. So stay okay. tuned for that. And then in the final segment tonight, we'll talk a little coaches carousel with uh, with two other football coaches from the area. We'll talk to Jim Shapiro, head coach at Kings High School, and Greg Daler, the head coach for Arlington. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Community Transit, the law office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, and by Bihar's Furniture. Who's and, up? And joining us right now, the head coach for the Lake Stevens volleyball team, Kyle Hoagland. Uh, coach, uh, big weekend for you and the, uh, the ladies there with the Vikings. Tell us a little bit about where you were and uh, how things went. Yeah, well, thank you guys for having us. We appreciate appreciate you guys doing this for the community and everything else. But yeah, we we were uh, had the ability to travel down to San Diego and played some, uh, some tough top teams. We ended up uh, finishing second down there in the tournament, uh, falling short to a phenomenal uh, Hawaiian team that traveled over here from the Big Island. Um, and then uh, yeah, we ended up playing a, a first ranked team in state for Arizona and Nevada, and we had some great competition with both those teams, ended up beating both those teams, and that was nice. And, uh, yeah, girls are just excited to keep going. So let me make sure we got that correct. The number one ranked team in the state in Arizona, you beat them. Yeah. Number one ranked team in the state in Nevada, you beat them. Yep. And you mentioned to me just before we came on the air, you've been coaching uh, volleyball for how long now? Gosh, it be almost 20 years now. And you're thinking that that Hawaiian team might be one of the best teams you've ever seen. 
It, it was one of the best teams I've ever seen <laughs> in high school. Thing that they were uh, well coached, well disciplined, and uh, I mean, just an amazing team to play. So now, is this the result of? And we've talked about it with other sports, and we'll talk about it again with Glacier Peaks football team later on tonight. The, the luxury of being in Wesco 4A these days, you only have five teams in your conference. It enables you to do some things that you maybe wouldn't be able to do otherwise if you were, say, in Wesco 3A, where they've got this huge conference and they're trying to get all these matches in against one another. Are, are you able to do this because of the smaller conference? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is one of the two tournaments that all of us get to go play in. Um, we just made the decision to go down there early because I, I knew our team needed some extra competition and uh, you know, to go out and get some different play and different atmosphere and everything else was great for these these ladies and they they rose to the occasion. Is it's it safe to s- is it safe to say this isn't just a tournament you show up at? Then I'm I'm guessing this is a pretty elite invite list, right? Uh, I don't I don't know about elite, but I did have to beg a little bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you know it. Uh, it was good. It was good for us to get down there and do that. And it was fun. So, and I'm guessing it helps on many levels, right? Not only for you to get prepared for not only Wesco play, but also for what's to come after. But I would think also in getting some exposure for the girls too, right? I you got to think if you're having a big tournament like that in San Diego, there, there are going to be a few colleges in the house. Yeah, there was there were some colleges there, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, it was really good. It was really nice for some of our teammates to get some uh, extra exposure, like you're saying, and get some uh, all-tournament honors for Elise Kelly, our libero, who got an all-tournament you know, nomination. And uh, and then Laura Eichert, our freshman, also got the same thing. You know, So what a big deal for both of them who... I know Elise is still trying to decide where she wants to go and play, and uh, you know Laura's just starting her adventure as a uh, freshman. So it was good. Well, definitely. Well, I know this is a team that I I want to say, if I remember correctly, I think you went into the state tournament ranked third last year, or, or third seeded, and you ended up taking a seventh place trophy home. Uh, what does this team look like compared to last year? Obviously, a, a handful of players that are back that were already with you and sprinkled in with a few newbies. Yeah, I mean, we lost three players last year. And uh, we had three seniors graduate, and this year we're uh, you know back and reloaded and with even just a little bit more talent, you might say. Well, you so, mentioned you mentioned some of the players already. Who else is on the squad this year? Oh, we have Haley Tri, who's back for her, you know, as a senior this year. Um, Perry Hoshock's another senior. Both of those are two big middles. We've got Caitlin Eichert, her sister. Uh, she's our setter. Um, uh, Jamie Call, who's a senior this year, is playing the opposite for us. I'm going to make sure I don't miss anybody here. Make sure this right. Um, we also have Isabella Christensen, who's uh, you know another commit. She's a senior this year, and an outside hitter for us. And then uh, you know we have Mia Turner, who's been added on to us. Has been a great help for us, just adding there. Um, Lindsay Lindblom also is coming along, and then um, oh, where am I here? See who else? Uh, we had Cameron Strom, who actually broke her leg in a match. Weeks ago, and that was kind of a heartbreaker for her. Another freshman, um, Olivia Gonzalez, who's playing some defensive stuff for us, is another freshman playing in there. And then uh, McKenna Linehan, another senior who's uh, coming in through. So I think I hopefully got all 12 of them. Pretty close, anyway. (laughs) Nice to get some freshman experience, too, I would think, moving forward. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's been a blessing. You know, it's really a surprise every time when you come around. You never know what's going to walk in the gym during tryouts. And here they are, and they're, they're talented and you know, they they play well, and you know the one freshman I said originally, Laura, she's you know she's on everybody's radar now. You know, like we just got back from San Diego, and I just said, hey, you just you just put your you know a target on your back and made a name for yourself. So time to go forward. So. And you're putting a, we should hey while you're on a roll, how about some assistant coaches too? 
my assistant coaches. Oh man, uh, Greg Van Wy has been with me from the beginning here in the last seven years. Uh, couldn't do half the things I could do without him. You know, another great asset to have on our team. The girls uh, really listen to him and you know love love him being around. Um, and he's a great help. And then we also brought on uh, Lynn Eichert. You know, got the almost got the whole family for the Eicherts <laughs> with us now. But uh, you know, she's a, a University of Idaho player. She's in their Hall of Fame there, and she just understands volleyball and understands how to just help out the girls and motivate them. So it was, it's been awesome. It's probably, from a coaching staff standpoint, this has been the most fun year I've had yet. So, Indeed. It always helps when you go to San Diego, too. That always makes it a little more fun. It does help. <laughs> well, hey, you've got a big week coming up. You've got Glacier Peak tomorrow night. It's yeah. uh, Both teams are undefeated in league play. That's at home, by the way. And then you've got Jackson on the road on Thursday night. First of all, tell us a little bit about what folks can expect if they go over to Lake Stevens High School tomorrow night at 7.15. I always tell people, if you haven't been out to watch a girls' volleyball game or a match, it's one of the more underrated sports, I think, at the high school level. Always a lot of energy, Always a lot, especially if you get two really good teams, and certainly yeah. that will be the case tomorrow night. What? Uh, help me sell it here. What, what should people be thinking if they're going over to Lake Stevens tomorrow? Well, one, our atmosphere is always fun. We always have a great crowd. Um, I say this year in year out that we have uh, alumni parents that keep showing up for the past five years that keep showing up to watch matches over and over again uh the fans the student body is is excellent you know we usually probably average 60 student body kids that show up every time to our matches and um they have a good time it's fun it's loud it's great it's great atmosphere you know for a lot of our players this will be the last time they ever get anything like this so they just eat it up great time oh definitely well you've got seven regular season uh, matches left six of which are in wesco i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but we may not get a chance to talk to you again for a while so the the by district tournament i noticed north creek is ranked number one in the state according to the rpi always some tough teams over there on the east side what kind of a tournament can we be expecting later on this season i mean obviously besides the teams in wesco who else should we be kind of keeping an eye on if we're watching down the road I think there's an East Lake team that's decent. Uh, Bothell has been struggling. You know, they had their best uh, player that rolled her ankle pretty bad, so she hasn't been able to play for a while. So I think they'll come on strong here in the later half of the season, you could say. Um, yeah, that, they're, they're some strong teams. You can't say enough about North Creek and uh, Richard. He's got his team playing really well. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're a tough team. We played them earlier on. It went five, and it was a, it was a fight. I mean, it was a, a state championship type of a match it was it was unbelievable it was fun and uh in the end they they got the two points in the end that beat us but uh there's there's some tough three teams right there i think i, I don't I haven't followed too much else of what's going on down there i'm still we're starting to see those things now as they you know get halfway through their season we can see who's who Definitely. Well, again, uh, Glacier Peak tomorrow night, that's a big match, so we certainly want to encourage folks to get out at Lake Stevens High School, 7-15. And then again, if you're uh, able to, Thursday at Jackson High School, that's a 7 o'clock start time. Another strong team over there. Jackson is 6-2 and two on the year. Uh, Kyle, always enjoy talking with you. Uh, another successful Viking season, and looking forward to, uh, to watching you and some of those other teams in West go down the stretch here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this Glacier Peak match. It's always a fun match be a good night. There we go. There you go. That is Kyle Hoagland, the head volleyball coach over at Lake Stevens High School. Yeah, always a good time and uh, certainly encourage folks to get out there and I think now we're going to talk a little football. We are going to talk some football. We'll do that coming up next. It's Prep Sports Weekly on a Monday night right here on KRKO. 
working with your own two hands to keep the industries in the Pacific Northwest moving forward. It's possible at Everett Engineering, machining and fabrication services to make new and replacement parts for all industries. Everett Engineering supports the people, keeps the Puget Sound area growing, and now we're growing too. If you've got experience as a manual machinist, CNC programmer, or you're just interested in starting a career, find employment opportunities and benefits at everettengineering.com. Equal opportunity employer. Again, everettengineering.com. At KRKO, now more than ever, we all need to find a reason to smile. Well, good morning. An Idaho man who legally changed his name to Santa Claus was arrested for DUI. He's being held in something that he has also renamed the toy shop. And finally, a new study says that smoking marijuana may affect a person's verbal memory. Apparently, it damages a part of your uh, thinking thing. It's Tim Hunter, mornings 6 to 9 on KRKO, when you can use a little smile to start your day. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you. And pretty soon, you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Mugletio. Call 425-375-0860 today. Because coverage counts. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. Press Sports Weekly continues Monday night here on KRKO. Tom Laffrey along with Steve Willits. Let's talk a little um, high school football from last week. Let's do we? it. Absolutely. Let's start with the Cedar Crest Meadowdale game. Cedar Crest remains undefeated. They're 25 and 0 or 25. That is a heck of a record. Wow. 25 0 win over Meadowdale. Red Wolves remain alive for postseason consideration at 6 and 0 in the Polk Division. Yeah, they've got two games left. They play Everett, and I think that's at Cedar Crest, and then they play. Over here at Everett Memorial in two weeks, or less right. than two weeks, more than likely the winner of that game, if things keep going the way they are, will get a play-in game for a playoff opportunity three weeks down the road. And either way, we did clarify that 
Cedarcrest is two A. Yeah, because we go, weren't sure if it, we right. weren't sure if that was just a three A thing. And you confirmed with what Mark Perry was yep. it? Yep. That it's, it's a two A and a three A thing. So certainly, and you know what? That means that some of those other teams might be rooting against them because. A lot of those right. teams over there on the lower end, they don't want to play that extra Tuesday game knowing that you're going to play the Friday before that. You then have to play a Tuesday play-in game. And more than likely, if you're playing the play-in game, you're a very low seed anyway. you got to turn around three or four days later and probably play a team that's ranked in the top ten in the state. So, And we'll talk about Cascade in a little bit when we get their, their game is going to be last, but nobody wants to play them either. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting team. I, I mean, I don't know where I'd put them in terms of on the pecking order of, of 3A, but they're certainly a good team. Yeah, there you go. So let's talk about the Lake Stevens Vikings and the East Lake Wolves. It was 41-16. Lake Stevens beat East Lake. Jaden Lamar scored five rushing touchdowns, including an 81-yarder in the non-league game. Big yeah, win. Big win for them. They needed that. They needed to, especially against a top opponent like that, obviously had the they had the forfeit win the week before that, and of course we know what happened down in Oregon. So for them to get that game under their belt, I'm sure that's a nice confidence booster. Cartez Williams had four rushing touchdowns, three in the first half. Isaiah Cuellar threw two touchdown passes for the Mariner Marauders. They win it 61-13 over Jackson. Yeah, Mariner got beat up pretty good by Glacier Peak the week before, so I think that probably felt pretty good for them to get out some of the uh, – the, the anger yeah. from that game. So, yeah, nice win. The Arlington Eagles solidified its hold on that important third place in the West Go 3A North Division. Arlington beat Marysville Pilchuck 44-23. Yeah, and we'll talk to Greg Daler coming up. Uh, I think that pretty much, not only, I think it puts them in there. I think they've clinched the number three spot, if I'm right. I don't think they could even lose they'd that spot. I think they'd win everybody. a tiebreaker. Yeah. So, And they're, they're two games back of uh, Stanwood and Ferndale, and they've lost to both of them. So Arlington really needing that victory to hold that number three spot, and we'll talk to Greg Daler coming up later in the show. Ferndale moves into a first-place tie with Stanwood with the win. They win it over Marysville Getchell, 49-7. Yeah, what, two weeks away, I think? Or is that this week? No, it's two weeks away, right? I it's should, I should know that from those two teams going off. And, again, that's a winner-take-all game for as far as who's going to be the number one team coming out of the north. Getchell plays Stanwood this week. Okay, so it's yeah the following week then that that'll be a really really good game. Uh, Oak Harbor beat Mount Vernon thirty five to six. Congratulations to the Wildcats by the way, first yep. win of the year. Yep, and Mount Vernon yet to win this year. Down at McKenzie Stadium in Vancouver, a basketball game broke out. <laughs> it wasn't a basketball game. Carson Beck scored four times in the first half. Ryder Bumgarner also scored four times for the Spartans. Stanwood sixty nine, Union forty seven. Looks, looks like a Seahawks score, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? The, it's like forty seven oh. points and you lose by twenty two. Ouch! As Rodney Harrison would say, "Where's the defense at?" Not not <laughs> not existent. And we know Coach <laughs> Coach Ro Ray Rosenbach. I'm sure he's not too happy about that one. Yeah, sixty nine forty. We will have back. Basketball games this winter that, that will not rival that. Absolutely, score. we will. <laughs> Let's move on. They won't be very good games necessarily. No, but. no that's true. Edmonds Woodway forty-seven, Shortcrest fourteen. Warriors quarterback Stephen Warren Jr. was seventeen of thirty-one for two hundred forty-nine yards, one touchdown pass each to Jesse Hart, Diego Escandon, and David Daniel. Liam Fitting and Rashad Chatter scored from the ground, and Pablo Hernandez had a blocked punt. Everybody scores. Everybody, and they're they're kind of a that's who they are though right now. I mean, I, I had a chance to watch them the week before and saw Stephen Warren Jr. throw for over 360 yards, and about 300 of that came in the last two and a half quarters. And Liam Fitting, a really nice running back. They've got a few other weapons in there as well when they need to get a little change of pace. I liked what I saw from Edmonds Woodway. They're three and one in league play. Still got a game against Monroe coming up this week. That'll be interesting, and uh, right. that could really cause some uh, some interesting things there in the standings. That could. 
put us on pace for maybe a three-way tie for first at some point here. Well, it's not the first time that Edmonds Woodway started slow and then John Gradwell gets him. He's had a few of those. Yeah, he absolutely has. You're right. I mean, he's had a – was it just a few years ago? I want to say there might have been an 0-4 start, and they still ended up with a right. plus 500 record. So, <laughs> so we, don't write we, them off. Yeah, yeah. keep your eye on Edmonds Woodway. A lot Woodway. of juniors on that team too, by the way. Speaking of Monroe, 62-8 to over Shorewood. Bo Pruitt rushed 12 times for 209 yards and three touchdowns, while Blake Springer went – 13 of 18 for 175 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Biggie Notoa had an interception return for the Bearcat score as well. Uh, that, that's a Bearcat team that's just putting up big number week after week after week. And I like that Shorewood team from what I saw them a couple weeks ago. I thought they were pretty scrappy. Still lost by 54 to Monroe. So that's a, a Bearcat team that until somebody shows otherwise, they're definitely the favorite in the South. And again, they're playing Edmonds one away this weekend. If they win that game, it's pretty much all over for the number one seed. It was the Liberty Patriots 49, Snohomish Panthers 19. The Patriots racked up 520 yards rushing and thumped the Panthers on homecoming night in Snohomish. Um, Kyle Larson, Mason Orgel, and Kale Hammer all scored rushing touchdowns for the Panthers, yeah, but it wasn't enough. Crazy there. I got a little bit ahead of myself. Monroe and I, I keep thinking Monroe and Snohomish have already played. They have not. No, we but, see them in two weeks. But the way – that's right, we do, we're broadcasting that game. The way that Snohomish is looking right now – they better fix some things pretty quickly or that Monroe game could get out of hand. And I was watching the STSPN postgame interview, and even one of the guys from Liberty kind of pointed out that they they recognized a weakness and they they exploited it. So Snohomish has got some work to do. Joey Hammer and his staff, they're great. So uh, I'm sure they'll get some things done, but they've uh, they've got to get behind the scenes there and figure some things out. It was Mount Lake Terrace 20, Linwood 19. The Hawks came from behind to take the lead and then held the Royals out of the end zone on a late two-point conversion. Zevion Jones, 25 carries. 130 yards and two touchdowns. This might have been the game that shocked me the most this weekend. Um, the Malik Terrace, three and two in league play, four and two overall. Linwood has just been getting blown out by everybody, everybody. lately. Uh, Malik Terrace got some guys back that they didn't have the week before, and they competed with Monroe. I think it was 14 to seven at halftime last week. So I kind of assumed, again, this is what we do, though, right? Sometimes because we don't get to see film like you do in NFL, right? You start to look at, um, you know. Same partners, same same competition. You oh, start yeah. to draw some lines if from there. If they beat them, that means yeah. We if they beat, beat them, them by thirty and we beat them by seven, you can you know yeah deduct it. This is going to happen. Well, it didn't happen in that game. Malik Terrace needed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win that game. Right, and that's over Linwood again. 20, On homecoming night too. Twenty nineteen, the final. It was Archbishop Murphy and Linden. Linden too much. Forty nine twenty four. Lions jumped out to a forty nine nothing lead in the first half and then coasted to the win. Murphy is 0-5. Uh, Kyler Gordon and Big Abe Lucas don't have any eligibility left, right? No, they're Ugh. done. They're done. Man, those days are long gone right now, aren't they? Wow. Linden, of course, is the number one team in the Class they're, 2A. Yeah, when you're trying to build a program and you're playing those teams on a weekly basis, that's not easy either. So I know Coach Jansen and his group, they're, uh, I'm sure they're working hard, but that's a brutal schedule up there. Well, and it's interesting. One of the reasons the whole Polk Division non-competitive thing – even happened was because of Archbishop Murphy five, six years ago. Uh, they were a big part of it. I mean, yeah. I think we've seen it in other schools too, quite frankly. Oh, I mean, sure. A lot of it was oh, yeah. the Wesco 3A things for the Polk Division, but yeah. certainly, I mean, you looked at some of the situations that were happening there, and I think across the board, not just in this area, but in other areas, that's why I like it when schools like even Inglemore in, in the Kinko, right. you know, decides to do it and opts not to go out and get beat by 63 on a nightly basis and encourage kids to play. So, I, I still like it. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a solution for them down the road. I have a feeling Murphy, I don't know if, they have, uh, if they're have they in a position to where they ever want to explore that. It might be something they look at next year, but right now things are going pretty rough. Yeah, in the Kinko League, um, Redmond and Inglemore. Oh, Redmond's doing it too. You're right. Yeah, yeah the, 
they're listed at zero and zero in conference yeah, play. Yeah. So, and that's why those teams are able to come into Wesco and play so many games against right. each other. And if you go and look through some of those games, they've been close. Yep. Yep. How about Anacortes? They've been pretty good. They played non-competitive just a couple of years ago. Now they're ranked in the state. Anacortes beat Seaholm thirty-four to twenty-eight. It was Squalicum thirty-five, Lakewood twelve. Cougars are now two and four overall, so they picked up a couple of wins. A Thursday game last week, Coopville. They're good. Coopville beat Bellingham forty-eight to six. It was Burlington Edison over Cedarville Woolley seven to six. Barnburner there, huh? Yeah, Kings. We're going to hear from their coach in a little while. Kings shut out Sultan sixty-three to nothing. Yeah, we kind of sensed when we were talking to uh, to Coach Red last week that he knew he was in for a, a tough game on Friday night, and he wasn't kidding. Sixty-three-zero. Uh, that's a Kings team that has one loss so far, and I think it was to a very good Nooksack Valley team. Twenty-four nothing Cedar Park Christian over Granite Falls. It was South Whidbey thirty-eight, Elma thirty-five. Nia Bay handed Darrington their first loss of the year, seventy to eight. The final there. Yeah, and this is a uh, Darrington team. We've talked about them on a handful of occasions. They've been putting up seventies and seventies and sixty-eights and. Uh, averaging a lot of points, but I did get the sense we had Shane Wright, their coach, in here a few weeks ago, talking to Shane after we had him on the air. He kind of hinted that he thought this Nia Bay team was pretty special. Uh, and you know what, Nia Bay? Now I think I'm doing this off the top of my head. They've outscored their opponents this year, 340 to 41, through five games, which means they're averaging 68 points per game. They're giving up eight points per game, and look, lo and behold, his score is 70 to eight. So. Yeah. Kind of just right on point for them, and that's a Nia Bay team that you might be seeing playing in late November this year. Saturday afternoon game at Goddard Stadium in South Everett. River Lean threw six touchdown passes, two to Trey Lechner for Glacier Peak. Lechner also had a rushing touchdown. The law firm of King, Russell, Kinney, and Foster all scored for the Grizzlies. Lean was inefficient, 19 of 20, 313 yards. Six touchdowns, zero interceptions. And in our what next, that QBR is. Yeah, not, not bad, right? Our next segment, we'll hear from Riverlean and Trey Lechner, as along with Adam Troxel, one of their uh, their linemen. Really, really solid squad right now. They've been taking on all comers. Kamiak team that uh, looked pretty good when we saw them, and Kamiak team that was down early in that one pretty badly. And like you mentioned, Riverlean is very efficient, doesn't make very many mistakes, throws a lot of touchdowns. That helps too, and he's got some weapons. And then in the Battle of Broadway on Friday night, Julian Thomas was our Marysville Toyota player of the game with 260 yards on 15 carries and four touchdowns. Uh, Devin Gilbert caught three touch or three passes, two for touchdowns for the Bruins. And then Steve caught up with Julian Thomas after the game. Yes, sir, it felt great. I just want to say thank you to my O-line. It wouldn't be possible without them. The holes were there all game, and they just continued to get better and better. That's what it's all about. So thank you. Okay, well, you got your O-line gathered around you right now. Give me some names tonight. Who, who was blocking for you? Landon Palmer was out there making huge holes. David was clearing out. Drew Anderson, this is, this is my left tackle right here. Kevin Buck tied in. Matthew Phillips, this big guy right here is getting it all done too. Yes, sir. Julian, a lot of love all around here. I mean, is this, is this a fun team to play with? And are you guys close? Are you as close as you seem to be? Yeah, um, this team, I think, I think the, thing, the thing that makes is so good is just the team chemistry. Uh, we spend a lot of time with each other, whether it's going out to dinner, um, coming coming over to each other's house, watching film, just doing little stuff like that. It just helps us become more as a team. When someone scores, we all everyone's happy for each other, and we're just more of a team this year. That's why I think that I think that's how we're being so successful. Now, I like the team theme. I'm going to break away from it for a quick moment here. You had 1,800 yards, I think, last year. Do you think in terms of individual goals? Do you have certain goals? Maybe are they written down in paper? Are they in your head? What are your goals for this season? Actually, actually I'm trying to go for 2,000 yards. I have it as my wallpaper. I have it written on my Written on my, uh, my mirror in the bathroom. I want to go for 2,000 this year, but I just want to keep winning. I want to go to the playoffs. That's the number one goal, but 2,000 would be nice. Do you have a touchdown goal because you're already over 20? 30. 30 or more. <laughs> 30.
what does college look like for you? Obviously, you're, you're an undersized guy, but you've already proven out here you can get it done. What do you want to do after the, uh, your senior year? I just want to continue to prove people wrong. A lot of people doubt me because of my size, saying I can't go to the next level, but I'm just all for proving people wrong. Uh, I'm talking to a few D2, D1 schools right now, so I just want to get to the next level. I don't care what level it is. I just want to prove I can play there. That was Julian Thomas of the Cascade Bruins. Yeah, interesting team. I mean, it's a, it's so hard to try to gauge who they are and where they are. Right. Again, pros and cons of playing that schedule, right? You get right. to feel good. You're 6-0. and and you're blowing teams out, but you really haven't played, with all due respect to those six teams, nobody that's a top-tier team, how would you do against an Arlington or a Ferndale or a Marysville Pilchuck if you were playing in the north or if they stuck you in the south, if you were playing against an Edmonds Woodway or Snohomish? It's, there's just so many questions right now, and how would you do against Cedar Crest? We're going to get to answer that one in a couple of weeks, and right. if they, in fact, get that victory, they're going to maybe get to play one of those teams that we just mentioned. So, Well, they would play south number five in a Tuesday play-in game. Right now, that would be Shorewood. South number five. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, without a doubt, and I've seen Shorewood. I like Shorewood actually, yeah. even though they got beat by fifty four the other night. I, I would put them as a pretty heavy favorite against Shorewood. Right. I don't know what I would say if they were playing some of those teams right up above them though. So right. I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. But you know what? For those kids, kudos to them. They're loving every minute of it. They just played their biggest rival. You know, two schools from South Everett, two blue collar schools that. A lot of friendships, a lot of rivalries, and they blew them out. And I'm sure those kids were loving every minute of it, and they're 6-0. and And when they go home and they're walking around school, that's all they have to tell people. It's a pretty cool experience for them. So that's a look at football from last week. Our game this week is, we'll see, the Glacier Peak Grizzlies and the Marysville Pilchuck Tomahawks coming up on Friday night. Who do we have coming up next on the show? Coming up next, we have a the former coach of Cascade, by the way, Shane Keck. He's now there the head go. coach at Glacier yep. Peak. We're going to hear from him. He's the number one ranked team in the state right now, along with players Riverlean, Trey Lechner, Adam Troxel, and uh, we, like I said, we have a mystery guest at the very end, kind of a fun guest, so stay tuned. Coming up next, KRKO. Whether you're talking about a building or a sports team, the foundation has to be strong. Smoky Point Concrete and Skagit Ready Mix have been a big part of so many strong foundations across the community, and they're not going anywhere. Concrete, sealants, aggregates, and so much more, supplying the best contractors around. Servicing the community for over four decades, Smoky Point Concrete believes in building teams and communities the old-fashioned way. The same same way that has served us all for so many years. Proud to support local sports. SmokyPointConcrete.com The first impression is the most important, so trust your first impression to Screen Printing Northwest. Get your logo embroidered on a shirt or hat. Make a statement with custom screen printed shirts and hoodies for your business, school, or event. And relax knowing that your first impression is in the hands of the area's experts for a quarter century. Screen Printing Northwest in downtown Everett. Online at ScreenPrintingNW.com. That's ScreenPrintingNW.com. Right now, I've got a really nice number I'd like to share with you. 3.29%. I knew you'd like it. And right now, Northwest Plus Credit Union has that number. Earn 3.29% APY interest on an 18-month CD on balances of $10,000 or more. If you've got some money laying around and getting soft, let's get it into shape with a 3.29% APY interest CD at Northwest Plus. Visit nwpluscu.com for details. APY equals annual percentage yield. New money only. $10,000 minimum opening deposit. 18-month term. Early withdrawal penalties may apply. Non-renewable. Other restrictions may apply federally insured by ncu justice is easy if you know what to do call 800 law 0842 the law offices of russell and hill are proud sponsors of the krko prep sports student athlete of the month these student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom 
Rustland Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Rustland Hill will fight for you. Call The Glacier Peak Grizzlies football team is currently ranked number one in the state. That according to our friends at Cascadia Preps as well as the Associated Press. Getting ready for a game against Marysville Pilchuck this Friday night. A game we will carry right here on 1380. And joining us right now, the head coach, Shane Keck. And I'm going to have the players, all seniors, introduce themselves and what position they play. Adam Droxel, left guard, defense end. River Lean, quarterback. Trey Lechner, H-back and linebacker. Coach? We're, uh, we're six games into the schedule now. You and I talked during media day before the season started. You knew there were lofty expectations on this team. You knew there was a target on your back. Not looking necessarily at wins and losses at this point per se, but how are you feeling overall in terms of where the team is right now and compared to maybe where you thought they would be at this point? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we're, we're making progress. I think we still have a lot of room to grow. You know, I don't think we've played our best football yet. Um, it's kind of been one side or the other each week, and so um, I think as we continue to grow, we're trying to put a whole game together, including special teams, which have been tough at times for us. So, you know, hopefully we continue to grow and get better and play our best football towards the end of the year. And we've talked about it before on the show, and you and I have even discussed it a little bit. You've got this schedule now where 4A all of a sudden has gotten a lot smaller, which means you've got some flexibility to schedule outside the conference, and you've kind of run with it. You're going all over the place. You're taking on all comers. You're going out of state. You're going to Lumen Field. How exciting has that been for you, and how does that help you get ready for maybe games up in early early November into the mid-November months? Yeah, that was the ultimate plan. You know, we, we thought, you know, when we looked at our program, we knew if we wanted to play those games we had to go schedule those type of games and um, ultimately I hope it was a really cool experience for the kids um, you know getting a chance to play in Lumen Field and, and travel to Canvas and travel to California all that stuff it was a whirlwind for all of us um, but ultimately you know really we wanted to make sure we challenged ourselves and uh, got a chance to play those type of November games early and see where we're at. So, Adam, talk a little bit about the Camus game, for instance. What was it like for you guys to go down there? I'm assuming it was a hostile environment. They, they get a little bit loud down there. You know you're going to get uh, get pushed to your limits there. Six-point game in the end, and I think they even had the lead, I think, if I remember right, in the second half. What was that experience like for you? It was great. Having no fans there, just us versus them, it, traveling five hours, it was great. It was just able to show our skills, show how good we are, and just just dominate. You mentioned the us versus them mentality. Do you kind of enjoy that then? Do you guys kind of get triggered by that, knowing that you're going into an environment where almost nobody's cheering for you and they're all cheering for their hometown team? Oh, yeah. We have to, I mean, we got a target on our backs when we go in there. We just got to handle business. Now, I, don't, I want to ask Trey about the game at Lumen Field. Five touchdown catches. I, I, I think I looked earlier. I want to say there's been four times in NFL history that a player has caught five touchdown catches catches in a game there's been five touchdown rushes but not catches what kind of an experience was that for you to have that happen to you at lumen field against ferndale that was really cool for it to happen to happen at a at a lumen field and it was a, it was a perfect game plan by our coaches it was it was really easy just to beat the defense with the schemes that we had brought up and rivers told me perfect balls and the blind line was getting a good pass pro so it all just worked out really well was it one of those games where you kind of sensed early i've got some pretty nice matchups here and i might have a big day yeah yeah for sure from uh play number one we knew what we were doing 
Now, River, you're the one that had to throw those passes. And we should mention, you threw six touchdowns on the day. You threw one to Trey, and you added another one. Same question for you. You go into Lumen Field. It's got to be a little intimidating, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Just that environment. We know we really want to perform well. And I think as soon as that first hit happens, you know, you're a little nervous, and then that first hit happens. And, you know, once we got it, once we got it rolling, we were really like, okay, like, we understood what we had to do, and we couldn't focus on, like, what was happening around us. Like, the event that we were at and where we were, we just had to play ball, and that's what we did. So, Adam, is there a moment where you walk in and you're looking around going oh my goodness this is where the Seahawks play yeah it was crazy just recognizing our pieces of the stadium where these NFL players were it was just it was just mind-blowing do you, do you guys have a particular uh, besides the five touchdown catches the six touchdown throws the the blowout victory was there a favorite moment there for you in the instant in the sense of playing at Lumen Field? Yeah, I think um, during warm-ups, there was a time where I kind of walked out on the 50, and I just took it all in, you know, like really looked around, and I wasn't even really focused on the game. I was just looking around like, wow, this is really happening. And, you know, I was really cool looking up at the stands. It feels like surreal, so that was a really cool experience. Trey, what about you? I think it was really cool for us to all get to experience that together, and we all got to kind of get pumped up in the locker room together and uh, walk out on the field together. It was really cool for us to all experience that together with, like, brothers. Well, and Coach Keck, I've got to think it's not just the players that get up for that. The coaches have to be thinking that's pretty neat. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of more of a distraction. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, for, for me, again. But you, you don't have that sense of, hey, Pete, Pete Carroll walks these sidelines? No, I don't need to wear the, um, the monarch, you know, white monarchs like he does. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think yeah, that was a game that kind of we took late. Uh, we weren't originally scheduled to play down there, but I think at the end of the day it was like we couldn't let it pass up the opportunity for the kids to go experience that. So it really ended up being a really cool event and pretty straight for Dill, you know, agreed to do it. Do you get to use the same locker rooms? as? I mean, you, there were multiple games there that day, so how does that work? Yeah, so we were in the locker rooms right outside the tunnel. So, uh, you know, music blast, and then we got to run right through the tunnel. It was a pretty cool experience. And then you guys go down to Rockland, California. Unfortunately, you didn't get a victory down there. The nice thing is, is that it's California. It doesn't even count in the standings and I know you guys as players and as coaches you still want to win every game but having said that Adam what was the trip like and did you guys enjoy the experience I mean obviously now that you've had a chance to put it behind you for a couple weeks looking back on it was it a pretty cool thing yeah it was it was great team bonding seeing where we're at when we travel extremely long distance uh it was really great to see how we all just came together as one group and sadly suffered a, a bad loss but I mean it truly showed our colors River, what were your expectations going down there, and what did you think after you came back? You know, I mean, talk about a hostile environment. Like, we just have parents on our sidelines, and then we had, we had their whole their whole stands were full. So it was a pretty hostile environment, and I, I think that traveling and then really trying to focus up for game time, I think that really showed, like, the playoff feel and what we're going to feel in playoffs. So I think that was really cool. And just experiencing the hotels and all that stuff and how well it was planned out, I think everything went really well. And I think, you know, that's a game we should have won, but we came out with a loss, and I think – that we're just going to prove from there. And Coach talked about exponential growth, and I think that's going to really happen coming Trey, forward. Trey, were you able to kind of enjoy some of those moments too? I mean, were there chances to talk to the other team and maybe did the, uh, the did the city roll out the red carpet for you guys? What kind of experiences did you get to have? Were there team dinners, anything like that? Yeah, they uh, they treated us to dinner uh, the night before. And then, uh, yeah, we got to chop it up with the players a little bit, so it was good. They're all they're all really nice after the game and stuff, but between the, uh, between the whistles, it's always a battle. And, Coach, kind of an interesting game there. It was re uh, reminiscent of, I think it was, what, Super Bowl 47. Right. The lights went out. Yeah. Fourth quarter, you were, uh, I believe you were ahead at the time, right? Yeah, we were up 14-0, uh, nine minutes to go in the game. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, they some mysteriously, the power turns off, and um, they run a trick play <laughs> uh, right out of that and, and score a cheap one, we felt like. And so, um, kind 
kind of flipped the momentum on us. But at the end of the day, we didn't play well. You know, I think we committed 14 penalties, um, and we just didn't play well overall. You know, it's a game that we we were a better football team, but we didn't execute. We didn't do what we needed to do, and so. Um, but it it exposed some things that we needed to get fixed, and I think ultimately that was really cool because, uh, the, the, like Riv said, the the hotel and traveling. We went to a game at Cal Berkeley. Um, our booster club did an amazing job. So overall, it was I think it was a pretty cool deal. Yeah, and I've got to think that in some sense, and maybe it, it, it's not in the moment, but maybe even now you've had a chance to look at it. And I've heard coaches and players tell me this before at the end of a season. Sometimes those losses in the middle of a season, especially when they don't really count on the record, sometimes you benefit from those in the long run maybe more than you do if you win. Is that somewhat how you're feeling about that or yeah we we talked to the kids about it you know we we felt like if we had won that game we didn't feel like we were going to be honest with ourselves about what we needed to get fixed you know as a team and the loss actually allowed us to do that because we go win that game i mean they're a nationally ranked team and um a Calif- northern california powerhouse and if we go win that game we're probably feeling a little bit too big for our britches and we don't fix the things that need to get fixed and, and so Ultimately, it doesn't feel good, but I think in the long run, it's going to help our program develop. Adam, what was practice like after that week? Uh, A little rough, but I mean, we kind of settled back down, fixed fixed all of our uh, mistakes, and got back at it the next week. So how are you guys feeling after the last couple of weeks? You beat Mariner, a team that we've had a chance to watch, and not a bad Mariner squad this year. You beat them by 35. You beat Kamiak by 25 on Saturday, and from what I've been told, the game wasn't even that close. I think you put it on them pretty good in the first half and then kind of coasted. Are you feeling pretty good about where things are over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, um, we talked about that ex- exponential growth, and I think where we are right now compared to the start of the season, I think it's just completely different about how far we've come. And, you know, everybody's mentality has really changed. You talked about that loss against Rockland. I think that's something that really flipped a lot of mindset. I think everybody's a lot more locked in now than we were at the start of the season. And I think just that growth, that keep getting better every single week, every game, every practice, I think that's a big thing, and I think that's really happening with us right now. Trey, where do you think you've seen the most growth for this team? Uh, I think our practices. I think our practices have got a lot better, and uh, definitely mentality. We've all started playing a lot harder. We've started coming out and trying to punch people in the mouth, so I think it's gotten a lot better just within practice and uh, probably with how we come out and start the game. Coach, I've got a two-part question for you. I'm going to ask you the first part and then get the answer and then ask you the second part. Marysville Pilchuck, we're broadcasting it this Friday night at Veterans Stadium. What can we expect from them? From Marysville, man, they're really athletic. You know, they got some guys that really fly around. Um, on offense, the gray kid is, is pretty special. Um, the quarterback's really dynamic. They throw the ball. I mean, they create a lot of problems because they do a lot of things on offense and uh, really kind of a college system uh, from Coach Schwetz. And, you know, you, you see his influence from that. Uh, so th- th- we've got our work cut out for them. They're a good football team, no doubt. Here's the dreaded question now. You know what's coming up October 28th. You, you've got Pilchuck this week. I know coaches like one game at a time. Jackson the week after. The game that everybody around here in Snohomish County has circled on the calendar is Glacier Peak, Lake Stevens. How do you keep these guys from looking too far ahead, knowing that that game is not that far away at this yeah. point? Well, there's no doubt. Marysville kicked our tails in last year, right? They really got after us. So, you know, our program. Dylan Carson's not there anymore. Yeah, he's <laughs> not. But but they've got a lot of guys back that, that went to the semifinals last year. And so our kids are excited about playing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and then we got, you know, a great rivalry with Jackson. Then we're going to finish it. Hopefully got a chance to win a league title, you know, playing Lake. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about the rest of the season. We, we These are three great games for our program and our 
community and, and our fan base and finally getting a chance to play two games back to back at home. So th there's no really looking ahead, but we're excited about all of this and hopefully moving this thing into November. Okay, let's get some names out there for some of your teammates here. Adam, I'm going to start with you. You're the lineman here. Give me some names of some of the guys you're playing with on the line these days, both offensively and defensively. Uh, yeah, we got a big nose guard, Jordan Yandilla, our uh, big or uh, right end, uh, Micah, and then at, uh, Harrelson. And then at left tackle, we got my guy, Jake Reed. Center, we got Murphy and Benjamin Kirshner. Uh, right tackle, or right tackle, we got Joseph Johnson, and right guard, we got Baxter Cox. Did we get everybody offensively and defensively there? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, okay. pretty good up front. Okay, how about, uh, why don't you give me some receivers that you're throwing to? I know you like to throw to this guy a lot. We talked about it already. River, who else are you throwing to on this team? You know, Gabe Russell, and we got Tyler Kinney, as well as Austin Burns. You know, those are my three that are really good, and we have Ben Williams as well at wideout, but I think someone who's really been behind the scenes right now and has been injured, but he's about to come back is Liam Lennon. Mm -hmm. I think he's someone who's going to really make a name for himself, and I'm really excited to have him back, and I'm excited to see what he does for the team. And Trey, when you're not carrying the ball, who else is out there? Ryan King. He's, he runs really hard. He's a... He he lets his uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve when he plays football. So I, I I trust him with anything. How is it for you and Ryan to play together? Because really, you you two on just about any other team would be by far and away the the, the guy, the one getting all the carries. And now you have to kind of share the ball a little bit. How's that been? Uh, it's really good because if if he needs a break, I can run. If I he, I need a break, he can run. I I have no problem splitting carries with him at all. He's he's a he's one of my closest friends. So it's really cool to get the get back there and run the ball with each other. Coach, we should probably get some linebackers and some secondary guys in there too, right? Yeah, we have a tight end named Cooper Jensen. Yeah, we need to bring him up too, right? A little bit. <laughs> uh, but but Roman Foster is another guy. Roman Foster um, and Brad Perman's a junior who's been a monster for us. Honestly, probably our biggest shock this year has been uh, Will Jenkins, a 6'5 outside linebacker who's shown up big for us. Um, Owen Gluth is really grown into being a big-time safety for us. Um, one guy who, who we kind of lost this year has been Logan Sharzek, so hopefully his knee gets better and we might get a chance to get him late in the year. So uh, we got a lot of depth, you know, and I think that that's something that, you know, we've we've been pretty banged up off and on this year. And, you know, I think that that's one thing that's shown within our program is the amount of depth and, you know, that we really develop players. And, and by senior year, guys, guys have a chance to really contribute to the program. Give us some coaches also. Yeah, you know, this year we brought Steve Hannon back as a defense coordinator, was a head coach at Inglemore. He's been here once or twice. Yeah, he was here for eight years as a defense coordinator here at, uh, at Glacier Peak. But then on offense, uh, uh, Nick Hensley and Kyle Jones coach our offense of line. Uh, we brought Ross Brunell up. Uh, he drives all the way from Burien every day. He was at Skyline last year. He coaches our receivers and, along with uh, Ty Vincent. And then uh, Rashawn Powers, a Notre Dame legends, our running back coach. Um, and then on, on defense, uh, Jason Bean coaches the secondary with, with Lawrence Jackson. And then Jared Barch does everything for our program. And then Brian Dason Brocks, our, our, our other defensive line coach with uh, Frank Zetnick. Do you want to know also, do you guys like having that number one moniker? Do you guys enjoy having that target on your backs? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's attacking us for that number one spot, but we just got to keep our hands down and do our thing, play GP football. River, what about you? I mean, I don't look about. I don't look at it. We don't talk about it at practice. It's not something that we really are excited about. It at the end of the day, it doesn't matter until we're in that state championship game. So it's not something that we really focus on or really care about right now. We're just focused on the next game and the next the next week, you know. And before I let you guys go, let's talk a little college here. Trey, you've already committed, right? Washington yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington State University. Yeah. What went into that decision to be a Cook? Uh, did Ty did, did Ty Vincent have anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wore my. Uh, UW gloves at practice one time, and he, he's telling me to switch to Cougs, so. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, 
Once uh, once Rolovich left or was let go after that, uh, they started uh, talking to me a lot more, and uh, we got a really built a really good relationship with Coach Whitworth and Coach Dickert, and uh, it's all love there. It feels like a family. And I love the system that they put in with the Cougar raid, and uh, it's just it couldn't be a more perfect fit. River, what about you? You've got one offer on the table, right? Yeah, I have that one offer from Linfield, but right now everything's open. You know, I'm just playing ball right now, trying to get that film senior year. Coach, he's he's the number one quarterback on the number one team in the state. Why is he not getting more offers? I've watched this kid play. He should have more. Yeah, no doubt. He, You know, it's going to come along for him. You know, we're actually talking about it today. He's just got to continue to stay patient, keep his head down. You know, he's a 4.0 kid that, that can run. He's intelligent, can really sling the football. And so it's going to come for him. Somebody's going to find a gold mine in Riv. And, um, you know, it's just going to take a little bit more time for him and just, just have to be patient you only get to pick one school you know and so at the end of the day you know he's going to find the right home and i didn't want to ask adam this specifically i'll let you address this yeah. you've told me that you think this is maybe the best offensive line you guys have ever had here and that's saying something right yeah absolutely i, I think it's the most well-rounded we have um two juniors that start and three seniors that that have played a lot of football for us and i think you know us kind of being in the system now as well and really developing our guys is is a big deal but you know adam's a guy that could go play college football for sure you know we, we did a little head count the other day we think we have anywhere between 10 to 12 guys that are going to go play at the next level off this senior class so um, you know it's important to us to try and you know get these guys opportunities and so um, we're really looking forward to just how this whole thing finishes not only just in the season but hopefully landing these kids at home to, to go continue to play college football definitely and Adam you're certainly good enough to play college football but you've got your sights on other things next year correct uh, yeah I'm looking at a five-year journeyman through a trade and it's kind of how I just want to set my life up. So what's the dream? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Doing what? Ooh, that's a big question. Uh, there's a couple trades out there, but I'm still, still narrowing down one, but I'm seeing myself in a big house. Beautiful wife. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> wife, some kids, just living life. A couple dogs, a picket oh, yeah. fence and everything, okay. Oh yeah, everything, everything handmade. Maybe a tractor, maybe a tractor too. Yeah, what, are you, what are you driving in the future? Oh, big old truck. <laughs> And my motorcycle. Yeah. He's got it all figured out. And I guess before I let you guys go, I'd be remiss. We got another person standing right here. Who's this? is this? One of your coaches? This is uh, this is Daniel Drake Keck. This is uh, our ball boy. He uh, he watches more football than anybody else that I know, and he's all about it. You know, most kids watch cartoons on Saturday mornings. He watched STSM STSPM broadcast of our game. So, hey, Daniel, what do you think? Do you enjoy being out there with Dad on Friday nights and Saturdays? I guess too. Yeah, I love it. What's your favorite part about being around the Glacier Peak football team? Uh, it's just, it's just, I just... Just hanging out with Dad and hanging out with these guys? Yeah, just hanging out with all the players, being on the field. Okay, give me the inside scoop. Are they cool with you? Are they good to you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's been your favorite moment this year? Uh, probably Lumen Field. What's that? Uh, probably Lumen Field. Okay, Lum oh, Lumen Field. Yeah, I, can, I don't blame you for that. That's going to be a pretty cool moment. So, and he got to go to California with us, and so it's been a it's been a really special year for for our family as well. Well, perhaps we'll be listening to this interview, or maybe you guys will be. I'll be long gone, but maybe thirty years from now he'll be the head coach here, and he can, he can go back and listen to the time he was with Dad and the guys out on the field. Yeah. Guys, you're ranked number one again in state. You got a big game coming up with Marysville Pilchuck. Continued success. Best of luck, and uh, looking forward for uh, for you guys to play on KRKO on Friday night, and we'll also have the game on October 28th. So, uh, best wishes. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. There you go. All the guys from Glacier Peak High School.
eight-year-olds. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, you got to turn me up. Yep. Including eight-year-old Daniel Keck right there at the <laughs> end. Right. So, yeah, a lot of fun talking to them. They are uh, on top of the world. Why not? They're traveling all over their place. They're playing in Lumen Field. They're destroying their opponents. They're ranked number one in the state. It's good to be the uh, the GP Grizzlies. And we will see them again on Friday night. And we're going to fire up the coaches' carousel. we got two coaches coming up next. Let's do it. KRKO. At Marysville Toyota, there's a better way to buy your next car. It's called One. One price, one person, one hour. Our best upfront price is clearly posted on every vehicle. It takes all the guesswork out. We'll work with you from start to finish. No awkward handoff, no finance office. One person will work with you the entire time. And once you've selected what vehicle you want and how you want to pay for it, we'll do everything possible to get you on the road and on your way home in one hour. To experience the power of One, go to MarysvilleToyota.com. That's MarysvilleToyota.com. Hi, we're Community Transit, your local bus company, serving Snohomish County and beyond. When you have places to go, we're here to get you there safely. We work hard every day to make sure your ride with us is a safe and healthy one. We keep our buses clean with daily disinfecting and upgraded air filters. We keep everyone on board safe with protective gear for our drivers and masks for our riders. Helping people get from where they are to where they want to be is what we do. Learn more about how you can ride safely at communitytransit.org slash healthy ride. Hi, this is Jay Bihar for Bihar's Furniture. We love this time of year, and Bihar's invites you to dress up your space for fall. Four days only, October 7th through 10th, take an extra 20% off your entire purchase at Bihar's. That's 20% off already low fall savings prices. Sofas, recliners, TV stands for game watching, dining sets for entertainment, entertaining, and more at our low fall savings prices. Don't forget, 20% off your entire purchase this weekend only. Bihars Furniture, 21st and Broadway in Everett and online at bihars.com. When you need to get a screwdriver fast for that one weird screw, Ace is the place. When you want to get that luxury riding lawnmower you've been researching for months, Ace is the place. And for everything in between, Ace is the place. Ace Hardware is where convenience meets quality. And when you shop at the Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens, you're shopping at an Eaglestad Ace Hardware, locally owned by Christine Eaglestad. She lives here. Her kids went to school here. She's dedicated to the Lake Stevens community. So the next time you find a weird screw, or when it's time to get that riding mower, stop in to your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Monday night. You know, Steve, I had to get the jumper cables to start up the carousel. It's been so long since we've done it. We haven't done much of one lately, so it's nice to have a couple coaches on back-to-back, including Coach Keck a moment ago. And, yeah, we're going to talk to a couple coaches coming up in this segment that both had victories this past weekend. This guy here defeated one of our guests from last week, 63-0. to So I'm sure Coach Red wasn't too happy about that. But the Kings Knights... 5-1 and one on the season. They're outscoring their opponents by an average of 56-16 to 16 per game. Cascadia Preps has them ranked 7th in the state at the 1A level. Jim Shapiro, uh, things look like they're going well for you over in Shoreline. Hey, guys. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, we're on a, we're on a good path so far. Well, and i got to ask, because I saw this last week, uh, talk about uh, pulling out all the stops here. You, uh, you had a video on, online the other day of Steve Largent asking folks to come out to the game. How did that go? little cameo yeah. action, huh? Yeah, well, cameo. Actually, Steve Largent has a grandchild at Kings. I think it's his granddaughter who's a freshman. So she she's the one that pulled out the stops. 
and asked Grandpa to uh, give us a little promo for Friday night, and we had a great turnout by the students. Uh, my jaw yeah, just dropped. I did not know that, so that is very cool. Okay, well, yeah, having Steve Largent on your side is never a bad thing, and it seems to have worked. Uh, a big victory the other night. Just tell us in general, how are things going for for the team? I've got to think, looking at the numbers, uh, things are looking good. Yeah, they are looking good on paper. I think they're looking good on the scoreboard. I think with any team, you're always trying to find out who's who, uh, and for us, we had a lot of question marks coming into the season. Uh, you had quarterback question marks, offensive line question marks, and over the last few weeks in particular, uh, we really kind of figured some of those things out. Well, give us some names. Who are some of the uh, the guys that solved those problems for you? Yeah, Noah Clark. We had a good quarterback competition coming with uh, Jacob Halkett and Noah Clark. Uh, Jacob got four starts for us last year behind Hayden Teeter, who's now at University of Puget Sound. Uh, he came in and did a great job for us this spring and summer, and then um, – Noah Clark, who's a young man that has been in our program for a couple of years, who really put the work in. Uh, they had a good kind of QB battle. It was healthy, uh, meaning they both went at it. They were good teammates, and Noah came out tops. Um, he actually wears number 22 like Doug Flutie because he's not very tall. <laughs> he's very quick. He's very quick. He's probably 5'7", five, 5'8", five, about 150 pounds, but, but really good feet, really good vision, throws a really good ball, and is, is leading us on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Now, is that true? Is that why he wears it, because of Doug Flutie? And if so, who told him about Doug Flutie? Because <laughs> you, you and I go back to that era. I, I'm guessing he doesn't. Yeah, he. I believe he, he knows who Doug Flutie is. He references him every once in a while, so I think it's just good parenting. He's kind of, kind of <laughs> dad. He's a football guy. And, uh, this kid's kind of old-school football. He, he, plays, he plays rugby. He's a tough kid. I would have no doubt that he's watched a lot of old-school old school football to get the mentality he has uh, for us a quarterback. You know, If he plays anything like Doug Flutie, I'm already a fan, and the fact that he knows that makes me even more so. Uh, <laughs> t- tell us a little bit about some of the other guys. We mentioned some of the battles you've been having at positions, but who are some of the other key players we might be watching on any given night? I'm, I'm sure there's quite a few right now. Yeah, we got uh, Ben Dutton. He's a, he's a two-star recruit, uh, has an offer from Eastern Washington. He's our tight end DN. Uh, a really big surprise for us is our other DN, Lucas Christensen. First first year playing football, he's a senior. He's 6'3", 225. He has a scholarship to go play at Yakima uh, a Community College for baseball. But he's he's a he's a 4'6 guy, uh, fast, quick, strong. Uh, so he's been a pleasant surprise for us. And then really just across the front, we got uh, Jackson Miller at tackle, Johnny Brandon at guard, uh, Wesley at tackle, a whole bunch of just new names uh, on the front line anchored by Bennett Neald who's our center and also one of the top long, long snappers in the country. So we, we had a good good front group of guys um, that have kind of found their way, and we both know that the offensive and defensive line is where you win and lose football games, and so we've been winning games mostly because of the guys in the trenches. You've, uh, you've got five victories, but you also have the one blemish. It was a two-point loss to Nooksack Valley. Uh, Cascadia Preps has them ranked second in the state. Takeaways from that game. I mean, obviously you've shown that you can play with them, uh, what did you want your guys to learn from that game, and what do you hope that they will obtain from playing that game later on down the road when it really counts? You know, it's interesting, uh, just to kind of give you a, a backdrop for last year. We ended up playing Lakewood in Week 9 last year because we had to replace a game, and that was the spark that really took us into the playoffs. I think we lost that game by a point or two. Coach Teeter, you know, we always have good matchups with Lakewood. They were big and strong last year, and I kind of put the Nooksack game, even though it was earlier in the season, as exactly the kind of game you want, especially early in the season. It tested us. It showed us kind of what we're about. It showed us the things we needed to work on. Um, and even now, the kids are kind of referencing that game as one that's kind of propelled them just mentally but also physically into what playoff football looks like. You've, uh, you've got a team coming up this weekend at South Woodby. You're going on the road, so you've got to travel across the water there. 6-0 and team right now. What do we see from them? What kind of game are we expecting from the Falcons? Yeah, Luke Hodson, uh, you know, head coach. He's he's related to Mark Hodson, who was there for such a long time. There's such a great tradition of football out there. 
um, I'm I'm happy for them. I mean, six and zero. You know, you really want nothing better in your league to have great competition. Uh, so I anticipate it's going to be a really good game. I mean, it's we have to go out to the island, which is always an adventure. Uh, their home turf, you know, versus a team that has a better record than you do. And uh, simply put, in our league, uh, the winner of this game goes to state. The, the loser doesn't. So it's really this is a playoff game. A winner in, loser out. Doesn't get much bigger than that. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned a Teeter down playing at uh, down south. You've uh, you've also got another guy who's playing over at the University of Washington that we had on our show not too long ago, or I guess it was a it seems like it wasn't too long ago. It's probably been two or three years now. Jack McAllister, kind of fun to turn on the TV on uh, on Saturdays and see him on out there kicking for the University of Washington. How much fun is that for you? It's a ton of fun. I mean, these guys. We got Teeter at University of Puget Sound. We got Lucas at uh, Nevada. We got Jackson. Uh, Locke at Central, and then you got good old McAllister at the University of Washington. We got Colin Hamilton down, down at Cal. So it's, it's fun to watch, you know, smaller school guys kind of make make the big time, as you might say. And for Jack, I mean, what a journey! I mean, you had him on a kid that was a soccer guy first, and then and then a, just a kicker, a PAT kickoff guy next. And then at these one of these funky camps, they find out, man, he can punt the ball, and now he's kicking D D one Pac twelve football. It's it's an amazing story. Great young man. And from what I hear, he's loving the staff down there, loving the program and the culture. So it's it's, it's a great, I mean, honor for him and exciting for us to watch. No, definitely. Well, I have to admit, I am torn because I'm a huge University of Washington fan. So I, I love to see him out there, but at the same time, I don't like to see him out there because he's a punter. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, f- final question for you. you. You mentioned it on Twitter not too long ago. Coin toss or rock, paper, scissors to start a game? got a rock paper scissors man i mean the, the coin's gonna fall where it's at but the rock paper scissors takes skill you gotta you gotta choose the right thing at first you gotta be on the right rhythm man i'd love to see the game change forget the coin let's go rock paper scissors best out of three and uh, let's let's just create some more this energy at the beginning of the game have have both teams come out to, to center field right that wouldn't that be great that'd be so fun i so, think it would be a blast Let, let's well wiaa if you're listening to rock paper scissors forget the coins leave them at home and uh, let's go from there Hey, uh, hey, Jim, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, congratulations on what you've been able to accomplish so far, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about you guys uh, deep into November this year. All right, keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Okay. and now we're You're making, back. We're make, <laughs> making the big switcheroo here. So it so. goes from Jim Shapiro <laughs> over at Kings, and uh, we're going to talk a little – Here we go. Falcon – or not Falcons – I'm thinking South Woodby. I got them right in They're front birds. of me. We're gonna Eagles. Talk. Eagles. We got the other bird. There's Greg Daler right there. <laughs> Greg Daler, you are not a Falcon coach. You are an Eagles coach from Arlington. <laughs> I am an Eagle coach. I've are... been for a while now. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been over there for quite some time. Uh, how are we doing tonight? How are you doing after the, the nice victory this weekend over Marysville Pilchuck? You know, uh, we're doing fantastic, except for the little dark cloud. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Leighton Martin uh, broke, his, uh, broke his arm in the third quarter. I did not know that. Yeah, breaking, breaking news right here. Um, yeah, broke his arm in the third quarter. It was a freak sort of play, and uh, Jacoby Failer finished us out. But we're really, it's really a bummer. Yeah, I'm really I, bummed about that. He's a sophomore, you know, and it's just free. I mean, he he completed 70% of his passes that night and had thrown three touchdowns, and it was all just clicking with Jacoby at receiver, and we were super excited. We finally put it together on offense, and they went 449 yards against MP. Well, we should and, uh, we should point out too. They were kind of battling for a while, right? So they were both playing early in the season. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew we knew what we had in Leighton. Jacoby's just our best athlete on the team. We could put him at running back or quarterback or wide receiver. And and once Leighton started to figure it out, we're like, well, let's put our best wide receiver at wide receiver and let Leighton throw him the ball. And that uh, we almost had Ferndale with that, you know. And Stanwood handed it to us pretty good, but then uh, you know MP we figured it out and. 
it's just too bad. For, uh, he's, and he's the point guard of a basketball team. Fortunately, no surgery as of right now, so he's probably going to be back for basketball. But we're pretty upset about it. But, um, yeah. If, That's where if, we were. If there is a positive, and I, I've been there before myself when I was a senior athlete, if you're going to do something like that, do it your sophomore year so at least you have those two years coming up. And he will have many spectacular moments ahead of him. I have no doubt about that. He's too special of an athlete, and his best days are yet to come still, aren't they? For sure. And his dad almost said the exact same thing to me. Um, at least if it's going to happen, at least it happened now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll try to put some positive spins on this. You, by getting the victory, I think you've pretty much clinched the number three spot in the North, correct? Some you, things could happen. I mean, uh, Oak Harbor's talented. I mean, look at their losses. Anacortes, Cascade, Ferndale, Stanwood, and they lost the MP by two. I mean, they are uh, they have a rough record, but they're not a bad football team. So we got a game ahead of us this week for sure. Uh, they're talented. And, uh, and a loss there would, I think – Make kind of a mess depending on what happens with a couple other games, but yes, we win. We win this week, and third looks really good. Yeah. So all, all things considered, and go even without the loss of late, and just looking at this team in general, the one thing that we all kind of noted when we were broadcasting the Stilly Cup, you're a pretty young team this year. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> we we start six sophomores on offense and uh, four or five on defense now with a couple injuries with Spencer Fisher out and. Uh, yeah, we're super young, and we're getting a lot of experience, and we're excited about the future. We're also excited about about where this team can go this year in terms of just if they continue to keep growing every week. D- does it change the, the mindset in terms of the goals and how you coach? I mean, obviously, when you have a senior-heavy team that has been together for a while and you know what they've done in the past and that you might have a team that is you know, top echelon in, in the division rather than maybe a second- or third-place team – do you start to kind of look at things a little bit differently? Do you, I don't know if it's say taking the losses easier is, is the right way to phrase it, but how is the mentality different for you this year than maybe it was last year when you had so many seniors? Well, yeah, um, we obviously have so much more room to grow. Last year we knew what we had with Trent and Quentin and all those guys. Um, so we knew what to expect every week. And, th- and this this year it's more of a how much are we going to improve every week? <laughs> like where can we get before we have one senior on the O line, you know? And um, but you don't want to short this senior class, sure. you know. There's just a handful of guys in it, so so we still have high goals. We have we have high expectations, but yeah, you look at it as more of where is our improvement as opposed to are we just getting fine tuned for the playoffs like we were trying to do last year. Well, tell us about what the uh, the Eagles have coming up here. You've got a couple more games still before we start to even think about the crossover games. So, what are we uh, what are we looking at this week? You already gave us some breaking news. You mentioned that you're going to be playing a new quarterback. So, what uh, what can we expect from you guys this week? Well, Jacoby will be back at quarterback, and um, and there's no question of what a run threat he is. He has a fantastic arm. We're just working on just him pulling the trigger when he needs to, and if he does, he'll be. One of the most deadly dual threat quarterback guys in the area, I think. Um, he has the arm for it. It's just making some of the decisions and making it happen. And he's capable. He's only a junior, and he's still learning. And we're real excited about about. It's a lot different than we lost Trent two years ago to a broken collarbone. And we didn't really have anybody in the ranks, but um, we lose late, and we still have a guy that can go out and he's a, he's a game changer. So we're excited. We're excited about the possibilities of being able fifty fifty run and pass, and it's very hard to defend. Yeah, I was going to say, Oak Harbor is always kind of a wild card. So it is at home. So it's at Arlington, 7 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, certainly pass all, our best along the late, and we hope he does well. I uh, hope to see him out there on the basketball court and on the football field here in the next couple of years. And, uh, yeah, wishing you all the best against Oak Harbor this week. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. There you go. Greg Daylor, head coach of Arlington. And that is it for they, our show They're tonight. the Eagles, not the Falcons. They are. They, they are. Last what time happens I checked, when you got Max Preps up in front of you and you're looking <laughs> at the word Falcons? I I do promise. I've known plenty about Arlington. My four cousins went there, and uh, I'm very aware of the fact that they're the Eagles. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Community Transit, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon Farmers Insurance, by Screen Printing Northwest, Bihar's Furniture, GSR Rental of Monroe, Ace Hardware Store in Lake Stevens, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, Everett Engineering, and by Marysville Toyota. And who did we have on the show tonight, Steve? Funny you should ask. I have that list right in front of me, Tom. On the show tonight, we had from the Lake Stevens volleyball team, the girls' volleyball team, the head coach, Kyle Hoagland. We then talked a little football with the Glacier Peak Grizzlies, the head coach, Shane Keck. We had players, River Lean, Trey Lechner, Adam Droxel, and then we also had Daniel Keck, eight-year-old ball boy, son of Shane, who joined the show. Yep. We then had a little coach's carousel at the end, uh, Jim Shapiro from Kings and Greg Daler from Arlington. Marysville Pilchuck and Glacier Peak coming your way on Friday night right here on KRPO, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff from Veterans Memorial Stadium in Snohomish. You've got the night off that Friday night. I am. I'm going to go watch a doubleheader over at uh, Edmond Stadium. So I think I've got, what, Shorecrest and Linwood and – Monroe Edmonds one way. That's Steve Willis. I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett. K237GN AM 1380 and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
Bob Seger, Against the Wind. K-R-K-O!